dear friends who listen in live and if you happen to be listening later we say hello to you as well so glad to have you joining with us uh, as we look at God's word this is called daily discipleship and the idea is that uh, uh, you are being fortified strengthened in your faith and strengthened to be a more devoted follower of Jesus and uh, also it's my goal that you would be able to take some of what you learn here and share it with other people. That that is my goal, and uh, so I would I would encourage you to um, <clears throat> consider how do you share this. And some of you, I, I do see some uh, of you sharing things. Many of you actually sharing things with other people. Um, and how do you disciple people? You help people think through. 
um, what it is that you've had to learn to live as a follower of Christ. You share with him scripture that you've had to learn. You share with him the promises of God, the precepts of God. You you can walk with people uh, like we do through just the reading of scripture and trying to pull out some things that stand out to you. Uh, those are some things that you can do as you would work to uh, also disciple other people. So I just want to encourage you. Today we're in the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew. I am using this book, uh, following along sort of this book, um, The Harmony of the Gospels by uh, Thomas and Gundry, uh, as you look at it there. It just uh, What it does is it takes, let's see if I can show show you on the screen, it takes the, the different Gospels and shows uh, where, they're, where they synchronize uh, and then where they don't. Sometimes there are places, things that are written, recorded in the Gospels, and one Gospel might have that the others don't have, especially John is like that, has things that the others don't have, and puts them in kind of the chronological sequence that they would go uh, in so you can see what each of the three synoptic Gospels, it's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, what they have uh, to say uh, about that topic where, where they all three speak. Sometimes Mark is rather brief. Sometimes Luke is a little bit expanded, although not always. Sometimes it is, is Mark that's a little bit more expanded uh, in his, um, uh, not Mark, Matthew, who's a little bit more expanded in what he has to say. So uh, kind of following along with that, it leads us to Matthew chapter 4. The other thing that happens is you just kind of go chapter by chapter and see what comes next. And uh, last week, we concluded with the uh, baptism of Jesus and my strong encouragement that you would be baptized uh, if you've not been baptized as a believer. Again, two types of baptism, an uh, infant baptism. That's something we don't practice. I don't read it in the text, so we don't practice it. Uh, others uh, have good reason why they do practice infant baptism, and then others practice infant baptism, and they really don't can't really give you a, a, a strong, good, uh, salvific, uh, uh, redemptive reason why uh, that they do it necessarily. Some uh, groups that maybe aren't as uh, evangelical or not even as, but evangelical as is uh, uh, what we need to be. So uh, just just some of that teaching. But we today we get into this fourth chapter of the book of Matthew. And we read, uh, when Jesus was led, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to the very high point a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, 
worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Now there's, again, a lot in this uh, section that we will be Well, this says I'm still streaming, so I don't know, but my computer shut down, folks. Uh, let me send a message out and see uh, just what is happening here. Uh, My computer shut down. Okay, well, I'm going to keep on talking here. Uh, says you're streaming now, so I'm back. Okay, you lost me, but I came back. That's good. That's good, and you hear me. So we're, we're reading in uh, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now, there are there are um, there's so much in this passage. And, and this morning, I, I do have to necessarily keep myself kind of brief. Um, but the first question that comes to mind is Jesus being led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. I mean, this... This raises a uh, a pretty significant question: uh, Would would Jesus lead? Uh, would the Spirit lead somebody out into the desert to be tempted by the devil? Well, right here, it, it communicates that Jesus was led uh, out into the desert to be tempted by the devil. So, I mean, there, there's an indication here, but yet other places that scriptures indicate that the Lord will not test anybody. Now. Again, it wasn't that the Spirit was testing Jesus. What we read here is the Spirit led him out in the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now, let's look at the book of Luke and see if it says the same thing. Verse uh, 1, Luke chapter 4, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Now, the nuance of difference that uh, that this uh, rendering brings uh, is, I think, pretty significant because um, this does not have the 
Sorry, things changed here. This does not say that the Spirit was leading Jesus out into the desert to be tempted. What Luke records is Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit in the desert or into the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Uh, he ate nothing during those days. At the end of them, he was hungry. So you, you see the nuance of difference. Um, my, uh, Mark, in the first chapter, has this to say about the same thing. Uh, Mark chapter 1, down at verse thir- verse 12, uh, all it says, this is be following the, the uh, baptism of Jesus. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals. Uh, and the angels attended him. Now, when I was in youth ministry, I uh, used to say he was with the junior hires, uh, and the angels attended him, uh, the, the uh, junior hires being the wild animals, uh, as it were. One of the questions that comes as you look at, as you look at the comparative of, of Mark uh, and of Luke uh, and of Matthew, those three, is... Uh, the, the difference between uh, Mark, Matthew and the others, between Matthew and Mark and Luke. Uh, Matthew has kind of a force to its language, the way that it is written, that would almost seem to indicate, and I'll put this back on the screen for you, uh, he was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil, that the Spirit was leading him in, in this temptation. Now, let's put this in the New Living Translation. Uh, and the New Living Translation uses the same language. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted there by the devil. Now, th- this, this, and I'm not going to do this for you, but this would be a rather interesting personal study uh, about uh, will the Spirit lead us into a place where we would be tempted? Because this verse indicates Jesus led us by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Just the, the whole, these two words, uh, to be, right here. I mean, these are very, very, they're very small words, but they're very significant words because they indicate uh, purpose. They indicate intent uh, that the Spirit knew that Jesus would be tempted out in the desert. And uh, so, so the force of those words. Now, let's go back and look at the New American Standard. Uh, it, it uses the same language. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Uh, let's look at this in the ESV. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Uh, let's look at this in the in the uh, King James. Uh, same thing. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The message. Next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for the test. The devil was all. The devil was ready to to give it this test, this exam under that Jesus would undertake. Uh, 
all of the the paraphrase as well as all the translations do seem to indicate this idea of purpose that the spirit is taking Jesus into the wilderness for the test for the the, the purpose of being tempted in every way as we are yet without sin um when you go to the comparative gospel of Mark, uh, the first chapter, as we just looked at, I have this in the message paraphrase for you, says this, at once this same spirit pushed Jesus out into the world. For 40 days and 40 nights he was tested by Satan. Wild animals were his companions, and angels took care of him. So he had some supernatural care uh, taking place, uh, Luke chapter 4. Uh, now, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wild. For 40 wilderness days and nights, he was tested by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when the time was up, he was hungry. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm probably only going to get this far in our discussion, in our discourse this morning, because of the question that, that I would encourage you to, after I conclude our time together, to go and do a little research on this. Uh, will will God tempt anyone? Uh, would, would the Spirit lead you out into a place of being tempted? Um, that, that is a question that, that you could go back and study, uh, look up, Google that. Will God tempt anyone? Now, we're told that God will not tempt anyone. And and here, uh, Jesus, it doesn't say that the Holy Spirit tempted Jesus, but what it does say is that the Holy Spirit led Jesus uh, into a place where he would be tempted, where he would be tested, where he would be tried. And, and so we would ask for ourselves the personal question, uh, and, and I don't want to linger on this too long, but it is a question for if, if and, and I would want you to be a student of the scriptures that as you look at the scriptures, when there is a significant question raised, like the question that's raised in in Matthew chapter four, verse one, that, that you would go back and ponder it. Don't don't just pass over it quickly. I had someone approach me yesterday uh, after the service and said, you know, you said such and such. What about they were already thinking. They said, I'd like to go for breakfast and talk about some of these things. They said, well, let's do it. Um, hard part is sometimes working in breakfast for me. Uh, but uh, uh, to be a student means to to be one who asks questions, to be one who inquires, that, that you would be that type of person who would inquire of the Scriptures. Now, what we do know from this passage, and let me get this back into a translation Instead of the paraphrase, we Luke puts it that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and that when he returned from the Jordan, he was led by the Spirit in the desert. Uh, first up is the workings of the Spirit. The first up is that, that the Holy Spirit was at work in Jesus' life. Remember back in the baptism, it says that Jesus... Um, after he come up out of the water, the Spirit descended on him like a dove, and the voice from heaven uh, said, this is my beloved Son. That was back up in chapter 3. When we go back up to chapter 3, uh, the end of chapter 3, uh, no, 
the middle of chapter 3, Luke 3.22, says the Holy Spirit sent on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With, with you I am well pleased. And then you go to chapter 4, and then we pick up full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, another question would be this. Is, does the Holy Spirit um, stay with us? Uh, did Jesus ever not have the Holy Spirit? Uh, because if he was fully God, always he could not stop being God. Now, he could lay aside some of his rights and privileges as God, but could he lay aside his divinity uh, because that would make him less of the Godhead, not part of the Godhead, if he were only human, only human up until this point in time in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, when, uh, or, or Luke chapter 3, verse 22, when the Holy Spirit lit upon him as a dove. Many of us would believe that that Holy Spirit lighting upon him as a dove was uh, in all actuality um, was in all actuality a, a sign for those who were observing, uh, an, an exterior sign, a, a sign uh, giving credence to uh, Christ being the Son of God. Uh, that's how many would render this, that, that Jesus never stopped being part of the Godhead, even as he took on humanity through his birth, through his growth, that, that he was always still yet a part of the Godhead. Uh, but yet this does beg the question, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. Is there an implication here that Jesus at some point in time could have not been full of the Holy Spirit? That is, that is a question that that certainly comes to mind here as we, as we contemplate this passage. Could he have been in the spot? I don't think so. Now, there, there's all kinds of theo, theological uh, enumeration that could take place on this point, lots of discussion on this point. I mean, another discussion is could uh, if Jesus couldn't be tempted, then what good was it that he took on human flesh like we have uh, it, it wouldn't have done him any good whatsoever uh, if if he couldn't succumb to temptation. I believe that uh, uh, I believe that I've got to send a message. This is one of these mornings where things aren't going to just flow. Um, I believe that Jesus could be tempted. I believe that Jesus could have succumbed to temptation, but he didn't. That's what we do know. Uh, the theological conjecturing back and forth over uh, uh, over whether or not he could succumb to temptation. It, it, if he couldn't, if he couldn't fall to temptation, then what good was the temptation? Now, some people would also say, but if he couldn't fall, then he wasn't God. Well, Jesus was was perfectly God and he was perfectly man. And this this is one of these areas of conundrum. Uh, this is one of these enigmatic areas uh, that are harder to understand just exactly uh, what uh, 
what the what the parameters are and what the ramifications are uh, either way that if Jesus couldn't fall to temptation uh, then then can he really truly relate with us as the writer of Hebrews says um or if he could and this is the argument others make if he could succumb to temptation then then he wasn't God so, some will make that argument again that's something I'm not going to try to answer for you this morning these are things for you to think upon um InterVarsity Press had some really good books, oh, maybe that thick, uh, of discourse about this very question. That one question required a book about that thick of, of conversation and discussion to try to, to make sense of this. Now, let me get into some other aspects of this, just, just trying to lay some groundwork here for you. Uh, I, I want to just pull out a few things, and then I'm going to be stopping promptly at 6.30 uh, because I have to be in Portland at 8.30 at uh, Cape Elizabeth. Uh, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the desert. Now, uh, maybe I'll just go this far. I mean, sometimes the Holy Spirit might lead us into desert places. He'll lead us into desert places for our development. He will lead us into desert places so that, that we might be become more developed in Christ. He will lead us into desert places for uh, any different numbers of reasons why he might lead us into the desert. Well, we cling to God. Sometimes when we're in the desert and we feel dry, we feel parched, we feel like, mm, I'm, just, I'm just in a desert place spiritually. The question is, will we continue the disciplines necessary to carry us through that time, or do we throw in the towel? Sometimes we're in a desert place. That's when some people turn to the bottle. Um, sometimes we're in a desert place. That's where people turn to lots of negative self-profession, all kinds of negative things about self or about the world or about the church or about God or about the Bible or about all kinds of negativism uh, can come when we're in a desert place. What I have found in my 42 years of walking with Christ is that when you're in the desert, you just got to keep walking. That's what you do. You, you don't quit walking. You keep walking. You keep picking up the Bible. You keep trusting in God. You keep praying. You keep worshiping because it is those things that will carry you through. It's kind of like uh, having a treatment. You, you feel like the, the, the treatment isn't working, so you stop when, in fact, within your body, the treatment is working. You just don't see it yet. You just don't feel it yet. You just don't experience yet. Experience it yet. But if you would have went just that one more day or if you would have went, you know, kept up those treatments, it would have had its effect and you would have come out the other side recovering from whatever disease or illness affects you. When you're in the desert, friends, you, you walk with God, you keep on walking, you keep on going, you don't stop, you keep on reading the word, you keep on worshiping, you keep on listening to stuff, even though everything in your being, in your flesh, and even the devil perhaps trying to convince you, why bother? Just give it up. Just stop doing this silliness. It, it's Why bother be a Christian? Why, why bother walk after God? Why bother, friend, keep walking? You're in the desert. Keep walking. One of the other things I will pull out of this kind of as the landing point for this morning is that the Holy Spirit was with Jesus. He was, says here in Luke, he was full of the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. Uh, 
what I think it was uh, in Mark that said the angels were attending him. When we go over to Matthew chapter 4, we see this. He was led by the Spirit. Sometimes when you're in this dark place, this valley place, sometimes this dark valley place, sometimes this wilderness place can be the place where you're going to be the most spiritually developed that you could ever be in your life. Sometimes we, we, we run from the suffering. Sometimes we run from the hardship. Sometimes we run from the difficulty when what we need to do is we need to endure through the difficulty. We need to endure through the challenge. And what happens, we're, we're developed. We become closer in our relationship to Christ. That is what happens to us. Well, I'm going to stop there for today. Again, I've got to be in Cape Elizabeth at 8.30 this morning. And uh, for New England Bible College, uh, these first few weeks of classes, are I have a little extra work to do helping professors make sure that their tech stuff is working. And uh, we've had some issues last week, and I'm trying to make sure everybody gets up uh, in their classes and going and with their technology and Zoom, because we have students Zooming into classes and things. So uh, this week, next week, maybe I'll have a little bit of extra running around to do, then it will ease back up a little bit. So I appreciate your prayers uh, for me and ministry. I appreciate your prayers for Veracity Chapel. I appreciate your prayers for the Daily Discipleship uh, Podcast, that that would take off and grow. I appreciate your prayers for New England Bible College as we are working uh, from, from north to south in the state of Maine to fortify Christian higher education to prepare people for ministry. So I appreciate your prayers. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for their patience with the technology this morning. And it is our prayer, Lord, that you help us today to keep walking with you. For any that are in the desert, that they would just keep walking. They'd keep reading your word. They'd keep listening to worship music. They would keep praying, even though they feel dry and parched. Lord, for that one who is, you, you know, when they're just at the very wit's end, that you would meet them right where they are by your spirit in such a way, such an uncanny way that they would absolutely know that it's the spirit of God. Father, help us to glorify you today as we live, as we walk, as we work, as we serve in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, that's a wrap for today. I will see you again tomorrow.